How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Parents vs. Gaming. This is episode 9. It is May 13th. I'm about to go on vacation. I just got my vaccine first shot yesterday. So here we go. Let's uh, Thank you so much. Uh, let's go around the room and introduce everybody all the way on the end. We've got Jay Noller, Mr. U.S. Bobsled team himself, U.S. Bobber. Jay, how's it going? Hey, man, doing great. You know, we won last week. I know everyone was very concerned about my team's performance on Saturday. <laughs> so we are 1-0 and in the season, 14-0 and from last year. And so uh, we've got a game tomorrow. So feeling great. That's That's, uh, that's the Idaho Horseman, right? It- now, is this arena football? It is. Indoor arena football. Indoor arena football. Nice. So that, is that 50 yards? Yeah. It's fun. It's a blast. It's a shootout. Uh, the game last week was uh, 46 to 44. Now, you guys are carrying an undefeated streak, I believe, right? Yep. 14, 14 games dating back to last year. Nice. That's awesome. Awesome. Now, let's go right, right to the middle. The beautiful Miss Alexis Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. You're too nice. You're too nice to me. Well, I mean, I could be talking about Jay. You don't know. That's very true. Very true. Beautiful. <laughs> Luscious hair. How's your um, week? It's been good. I um, put in my two weeks on Monday. So my last day will officially be the 24th. I um, bought a little calendar I'm going to put up over here. And I have a lot of content planned. But in the meantime, I've taken like a little bit of a break. So if you watch me on my stream and I haven't been there, I'm so sorry. But I will be back very soon and a lot more often than you probably even want me there. So, <laughs> yeah, don't forget, we're about to launch a ton of content on our official company uh, site, website, all kinds of stuff coming soon. That is Last Choice Network. So if you want to try to find us and follow us, whether it's TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, our website's coming soon. Uh, you're more than welcome to join us. So hopefully a lot of things coming. But let's jump into the episode. So the first thing we want to talk about is our favorite game series that kind of molded who you are and kind of shaped the person that you are, whether it be just the person you are or the gamer that you are. Uh, we will start with Jay because I have a feeling it's going to go back a little bit further than Jordan's. <laughs> I mean, sorry. So we're talking about the game that molded, you know, that that started me off as a young whippersnapper (laughs) with my Nintendo, my Super Nintendo that really molded me into the overly angry, aggressive gamer that I am now. Yes, it's got to be a tie between GoldenEye and Madden. And the reason why is because when. Sorry, Jordan, I'll have to school you here a little bit. You used to not be able to talk trash to everyone as you're playing. So you had to have your boys come over. And so everyone's in the room. Everyone's on the couch, huddled around a little TV. And you are absolutely trash talking each other. And sometimes the the violence in the game could also potentially translate to the violence in the room. And so there was no little you know, 12 year old, you know, you know, your mom, this, and I did this to your blah, 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 and everything else, because you could have had to say that to your buddy who would just turn around and bust you in the mouth uh, for talking about his mama like that. So well, yeah. um, I and Madden were definitely uh, two of them that uh, molded me and my trash talking as well. Now, do you feel like it changed the way you played video games though? I mean, what kind of things I, were you into before before you, you found those? 
Man, I've really played everything. I was fortunate enough to um, really have a lot of exposure to a lot of games growing up. Everything from the side scrollers with like Contra to, um, you know, I remember how groundbreaking Sonic was. Sonic the Hedgehog with the rings and loops and there wasn't really the side scroller anymore and everything else. So, you know, I think growing up, I kind of lived through the golden age of um, the transformation of games and the constant expansion of the world and stuff. And so, um, you know, I know we're going to get into it a little bit here uh, pretty shortly as far as like games and creativity and stuff. But man, I really think I was fortunate enough to really kind of grow up kind of with those guys that were setting the, the, the blazing the trail for the, what's going on now. Nice. And Jordan, what, what about you? I know this it's- took place, what, 12 years ago? But uh... (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard um, because I like the games that I mostly played when I was younger was probably like Pokemon, you know, Legend of Zelda, um, maybe like Super Smash Bros or Mortal Kombat with my brothers. But um, the first game that I fell in love with besides Pokemon um, was Bioshock. Um, That series has an amazing story. I think it was one of the most like groundbreaking in storytelling in my personal opinion at that time. Um, I love horror, everything. And it was the first time that I ever played like a shooter and felt good. Um, So I don't know. I feel like all the games that I played made me kind of introverted because it was all, you know, Pokemon and stuff like you're just there with yourself. So that was the first one that ever, I don't know, like I was sitting next to my friends playing it and it wasn't such like a lonely experience. Like they showed me it. Um, so yeah, it was nice. I, I just love the storytelling. It got me into like cosplay. It really like for my teenage years really helped me kind of expand into different hobbies and stuff as well. Um, Cause there's so much backstory in it. So, so wait, you James, talked about hobbies. Go, wait, hang on before we go too much further. Sure. I'm, I'm learning, you know, every time I know we're on at ep- what episode nine and we're still learning and we're still, you know, figuring each other out and everything. Um, Jordan, you do cosplay? Like, what did you ever do, like, game characters? Or were you more like um, comic characters? Or like where, where anime? Um, like anime, I um, cosplayed as a little sister from Bioshock. And one of my friends, I have to find her picture. Um, they're a set of twins that they, their cosplays are like out of this world. Like, they literally built like the Big Daddy. And walked around oh, wow. the big daddy suit. Like, it's amazing. I asked her, um, wow. I wanted to cosplay as Lifeline, one of hers. So I actually asked one of them for their advice on how to do it. So that's what I'm currently trying to do. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I used to go to cons, like, all the time in high school. And then, like, the little raves afterwards. And yeah, I was a little little dweeb. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I loved it. Um, I got, like, body paint. And I did that um, a couple times. I tried my best. I went as like Sally and um, the corpse bride with like the wedding dress and like she's all blue and stuff. Yeah, that was probably like my favorite cosplay because it was like a lot of body paint and the dress was a lot of fun to make. So, oh, that's way cool. So it definitely kind of changed your direction and kind of what you thought for sure. It really kind yeah. of opened, opened your eyes to like a whole seems like a whole new side of things that you did outside of gaming. Yeah, because conventions, like, everyone's so nice. Like, you couldn't go up to a stranger and just be like, oh, can I sit next to you and eat? Like, but, like, conventions, people are just, like, so sweet, and you're, like, forced to have interaction because you see someone, you want to take a picture with them, you talk to them. And before that, like I said, like, I've always been very, like, introverted and, like, 
Um, you guys know, I'm sure you guys know, I get nervous very easily. It's hard for me to talk to people. I always think people don't like me. So um, I never really wanted to talk to people when I was younger. So yeah, that, like one little game and something that's kind of unrelated because it's like a scary story, but it just sparks so much like uh, joy in me that I branched out into all these other things. So yeah, it had like a huge influence on me. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah, my old uh, company, we used to do licensing and stuff and we did with like Capcom and we did... Um... Saban when they had Power Rangers and stuff. So we my actually took my team to a lot of different cons and packs, like PAX Southwest and and Ooh, everything. Cool. So I just never had the cojones to do it. So props to you for uh doing oh. it. I was always the uh, I was always the stooge in the side that was like polos and slacks because I was representing a company and walking around for meetings. <laughs> so I was always uh blown away by like the costumes and stuff and um how much effort was in there and then yeah. you know, even the, even the ones that I didn't understand, like the wings were coming out and it was like a dragon head <laughs> with a giant sword. And I go, I don't even know what that is, but it's awesome. Yeah. So, no, you, 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 uh, bigger baller than I am. Cause I, I'd never had the cojones to actually put myself out there like that. You should. That's pretty awesome. Uh, for me, uh, the game. So my gaming history is a little bit, you know, crazy. I had basically a Nintendo all the way through high school, just a regular Nintendo. Of course, I played, you know, I played a little bit of GoldenEye. I played some things here or there. But unfortunately, I, well, not necessarily unfortunately, I worked at a resort for a long time. So I didn't have internet and I didn't have all these uh, access to games. Uh, but the game that really changed everything for me, uh, which is funny because I re started replaying it today, is actually Mass Effect. Oh, uh, and the legendary edition just released today. So the trilogy is back out. It's completely remastered. Uh, I'm probably already 15 hours into the first game. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I got it late last night because I manipulated my Xbox and said that it was in New Zealand. So I got it, you know, way ahead of schedule. Uh, but the creativity I found from that, it was this story and Jay, I don't know, I don't think you've ever played it, but mm. it's just like a lot of the story games today, and basically the game exists because Bioware had a Star Wars license, they weren't allowed to make Star Wars games anymore, so they basically gave LucasArts the middle finger and made their own space opera. But they really made this where you could cater this character and this story to yourself. And I wasn't huge into the entire trilogy, but the first two games changed everything i just thought there was so much creativity and, and possibilities and it opened my mind to just storytelling and being creative whether it was coaching soccer or being an entertainment manager for a resort or working with kids i just was able to tap into this creative side of me that i never really was willing to kind of put myself out there and you know, being able to play through it again right now, it's really funny because it's it's like the memories and the muscle memories coming back to me on how I did things and why I did them. And then you start thinking about what was going on in your life at the time that you were playing. And I'm sure Jordan would be the same if you played, you know, Bioshock. It, things that were going on in your life are just going to come back up. So and, and to be able to play it again right now, I'm actually jealous because the game obviously didn't run that well back in the day, but this this remastered version, other than the graphics, obviously look very. They are remastered, but it still has that PS3, PS4, early Xbox 360 feel to it. Uh, 
but it's it's definitely like I said, it definitely changed everything about the way that I that I looked into it. And it obviously it was one of the first what I would say is adult games. You know, a lot of video games was all about fun and and very cartoony, whether it be Mario Brothers and everything was kind of safe. Now, of course, your online shooters and all that were very toxic in the lobbies. I'm not saying that they weren't, but nothing felt like this was like your own story and it was adult. And I just kind of blew my mind. And it started me down this path of realizing that video games were more than just, you know, this entertainment medium that thousands of people worked on a video game and that voice acting was a thing and that a director and producer and a costume designer and developers and all these, you know, it was just like a movie and writers, you know, it was exactly like a movie, except, you know, obviously a lot longer and, and really drawn out. And it took what, you know, obviously I had played Halo and the story was amazing there, but this was like, you know, basically you're an adventure book, choose your own adventure book. And it changed the way, I looked at games and obviously they changed a lot of the game industry themselves as a whole. Um, and then from there, it just kind of, kind of kept going and I've never really found anything that gave me that same feeling. The other thing that I will say that really changed the way about playing games. Obviously I play a lot of Warzone. I know Jordan, you give me a hard time about it. I'm not saying that I'm the best, but the first battle royale game i ever played was PUBG, and i had watched it on pc quite a bit and you hear people talking about it and they were like you know it just gave you this feeling now i watched a lot of pros like shroud and dr disrespect and some of these guys they won a lot so it just seemed like they were so much better than everyone which they were but they won a lot but you would hear these other people why did they play PUBG so much what made this battle royale genre so great and it was that it made you feel something in the game that you just this adrenaline rush, this feeling of, you know, Jay, you're an athlete, you know, getting ready to go down your bobsled run, or it's the fourth quarter, it's the end of the game and what you're coaching right now. And you have that adrenaline rush, the quarterback wants the ball right there. And for a lot of, you know, average people that just play video games or just average people in general, they're never going to, you know, be in the world series, be in the Stanley cup finals, be in a super bowl, be in a football game at all professional. They're never going to feel that, but PUBG had this way of if you got down to the final two or three, and even Warzone doesn't give me this, but PUBG, you you would be holding your controller on your keyboard and mouse, and people would just be breaking out into a sweat. Your hands were shaking, your heart was pumping, and it was just absolutely insane. And to to have that feeling from a video game, I thought was just one of the coolest experiences ever. I remember the very first time I won, I think I only killed two people. I'm pretty sure I hid in a bush half the time. And I'm pretty sure I won the game by chucking a grenade over a hill and accidentally killing someone. But I just was like, it was like I had just like scored a goal in the World Cup. Like I was running around and... (laughs) You were that guy. Yeah. Yeah, but it was great. But you had seen this, you know, you'd seen this on Twitch or, you know, at the time Mixer. And you'd seen these people just get so hyped and you just didn't you you can't explain it to you experience it yourself and i i think that was just something that really changed the the way i like to play and then also being able to being able to play a game where you know a lot of times my friends play warframe or we play destiny or they're playing outriders right now 
in these types of games, your friends build their characters up so far. They're so far into the game that you feel like it's never ending. You're never going to catch up to them. They just kill everything, everybody, every level you're doing. And, and it is fun. I'm not saying that I don't play them. I do play them and it is fun. But the thing about Battle Royales is every game you start with nothing. So if you take a break, you might not be as good as everyone, but you can jump right in with your friends at any moment. I think that's a, that's a genre I, I just don't see leaving anytime soon. Obviously, it changed the multiplayer space probably forever it, to the point where I think some of the most important games, even if it's not the greatest add-on, I think it's just going to become a mode. It's not something that they necessarily need to be the greatest at, but if you have a multiplayer thing, I think that... Battle Royale, even if it's only 40 people, some version of it is probably just going to be a, a game mode in almost any game going forward, at least any any successful AAA game. Uh, so that that's kind of where I stand. Jay, going back to yours, I know you did a lot of, you said Madden and GoldenEye. Did that ever, did that, did doing the Madden, did that give you the itch to want to be a football coach? Would you say that attributed at all? Or did you just fall into um, it? No, but what's funny is, uh, so I coach uh, freshman DBs and, and receivers and stuff for the school that I'm at in the secondary. So um, what's funny is for those kids that uh, really don't have any football knowledge, I will tell them, look, you need to go get Madden and it's not going to teach you the technique to apply, but it does teach you the concepts. And so there have been kids that I've told specifically, like, look, seriously, go get a copy of Madden whatever year we're in and go play it. And in a couple of weeks, let's talk again and let's start talking these concepts. Cause you know, the terminology is pretty close to the same. The, the strategic concepts are pretty close to the same. Um, obviously you can always, you know, there's a lot of things that are very unrealistic that you can do with the game, like run everyone one side and then come back and then throw a, you know, 60 yard bomb on the, uh, on the run to the opposite direction and catch it. But um, as far as the, the the play calling and kind of the concepts and seeing where your areas of responsibility are. Um, I have actually used that as a kind of a prescription for a look. You don't know what you're doing. Like go play some video games in your downtime and, uh, you know, come back a little bit stronger. And it's the same thing with like NBA. Uh, I played a lot of NBA 2K as well. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that you are forced to learn in that game that are not absolutely directly applicable but do kind of teach concepts a little bit you know it's funny you, you bring up nba uh lebron james constantly talks about how he gets you know he wants to get used to a new player coming to the team and he, he yep. plays with them on nba and he talks about how just running the technical plays is is pretty accurate on uh yeah you know whether whether or not you like those games or you like their business practices as we lose Jay again, um, they they definitely have a lot to a lot to say, and they definitely help out a lot of stuff. Uh, play as the Giants, <laughs> yeah. Um, before we go on, I do want to jump in to the chat because they did bring up a lot of games when we were talking about games that shaped us. Um, let's see, I want to go through here. I saw Kingdom Final Hearts? Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, uh, a lot of people oh, crapping all one. over Madden. Uh, someone on Facebook said Mega Man was a game that changed them, and Mega Man was was a bomb game for sure. Which one? They were all good. 
<laughs> Somebody said on Facebook, kids today don't even know the glory of Mega Man 2. <laughs> well, and I think, I don't know, James, did we talk about this? I don't know if it was on a podcast or just a conversation, but kids today will not know the pain of only having three lives. And you got to crush an entire game from A to Z. Right. With only three with like a couple of yeah. power ups. And once you're done, there's no save point, buddy. You're going back to one, one. You know, well, you know, what they... was out. yeah, Returnal, was it? Returnal, oh, yeah. Jay, good game for uh, PlayStation players right now. Roguelike game. Uh, someone in the chat said, I mean, all of this is great, but let's talk about the best game ever made E.T. for Atari. <laughs> Funny because we were actually talking about uh, E.T. before we started and we just learned that Jordan has never seen the movie E.T. I mean, granted, it came out, you know, 20 years before she was alive, I guess. But that's still a... I think so. Still a... It's a shocker that you that you haven't... Somewhere along the line, your family or somebody didn't force you to get it. Look, I was traumatized. Okay. <laughs> uh, it came out in 1982. I mean, I was only a year old, but I still saw it. You know, I mean, somebody's gotta gotta pick up the pace. Jay, you probably saw it in the theater, didn't you? How old are you? Fifty? Oh God. Okay. First of all, no, I was two. So you can wait. I, and I check this every time. This is still an adult broadcast, right? Yes. You can yes. kiss all of the ass back here. All of it. <laughs> all of it. Because you know, I'm only like a year older than you are. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but with that, with that being said, you know, the next topic we want to talk about, that perfect segue, because to play E.T., my God, did you need some creativity to relate that to the movie? Because it was not good <laughs> or anything about the movie. I still don't even understand what the game was even about today. So one thing that we'd like to talk about games in the 80s and 90s versus games today, which which kind of era do you feel like had allowed for more creativity in, in regards to kids? You know, you talk about the parents today. Some, you know, we always relating to the parents that don't really know a lot about gaming, right? But this time we're, we might be relating to the parents that do know a lot about gaming. Their kids are playing today and you constantly hear, you don't know anything about video games. You should have played E.T. or you should have had to play Mario Brothers 1 or Lion King, Aladdin, all these games. You know, back then, like you said, Jay, they were so much harder. You didn't have, you know, I will say today, there is, there's not a lot of iconic levels in today's games. You don't play Call of Duty and say, oh, that first level is, is phenomenal. But you look back, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mario Brothers, the music starts, you see the level, and anyone that's older immediately knows that's the beginning of the game. And that's because we had to play it three million times, because every time you wanted to play the game, you had to start at the beginning. You didn't get to pick up halfway through. So, Jay, we'll kick it over to you. Do you feel like there's, you know, the difference between the, the eras? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I think... If you're talking sweet spot of gaming with relation to right now, I really think that the 
early 2000s to maybe like 2010 or so. And this is going to be a very long explanation of why I came to this answer. Um, they were iconic games. Uh, your Mario's, your, I mean, hell, even Duck Hunt. Um, you know, just iconic games and everything. But let's be realistic. They were side, they were side scrollers and they had great games and or great, uh, great concepts and they pushed the boundaries of the technology. But the technology was very limiting to what uh, what could be accomplished. So at the end of the day, yes, there are are iconic. The sounds, I mean, everyone, if I mention, you know, Mario going into a green pipe, everyone's got that sound. Like, that just kind of pops into their head. But, you know, early 2000 games, man, I mean, I think that's really kind of been where the sweet spot is. And I think that now, because move, because games are so cinematic in creation, You've got this huge, massive budget to be able to produce these games. And then there's the, there's the indie producers that may or may not be able to even turn a profit on them developing a game for three or four years in their basement. Whereas early 2000s, there weren't necessarily that tagged in AAA release. It was just the next game that was coming out. And so... You know, there weren't these astronomical budgets and there weren't these astronomical expectations on return on the game and the life of it and everything like that. They could just produce the games that push the the envelope of the technology of the systems, the consoles and the computers that they had. Um, and, and that's kind of like the sweet spot was it hadn't gotten to the point where everyone was expecting these huge, massive blockbusters every time someone releases something. Like, you know, if Blizzard was to re release a game and it not make um, top 10 downloads of all time in 30 days, everyone goes, oh, it's a flop. Whereas, you know, back in the, you know, early 2000s and stuff, if the game, you know, had some legs and it kept going and stuff, it would, it would still, it could still be considered a success because of the life on the shelf. Whereas now... It's incredible turn and burn. And you're talking about um, movie budgets, movie blockbuster budgets into a game um, to kind of do it all. So I think we've kind of gone the way of a little too far forward where, you know, people don't want to produce something unless it's already been shown. So you're saying that the creativity <clears throat> in relation to the kids is it allows kids to be more creative today playing video games versus oh, absolutely. the 80s absolutely. and 90s all right oh absolutely just because a game's hard doesn't mean it's creative so just because you got your face kicked in on contra without knowing up up down down left right left right um you know to be able to get the lives to be able to go through it you know it was much more imagination now i mean these are as you just mentioned these are cinematic experiences where it's really choose your own story and everything else where you know 80s and 90s it was start at the left side of the screen end at the right side of the screen and it's either a cloud level a ground level or a swim level and that was really kind of what you were limited and you think back to your memories of sonic that was because they broke the mold of the side scroller and so you know, as each generation comes out, you're able to get more and more creative. And I think it's because of the hardware and the computer, you know, the computer languages that you're able to put in there and, you know, real engine, um, you know, is able to code out. And I mean, there's there's a lot that kind of goes into it. Now, you've got these massive MMOs. I mean, you don't even you don't even have to do anything. You can go on side quests the entire game, still play the game, still drop 
80, 100, 90, you know, however many hours and never complete the actual main quest and still have a great game experience. But the question with that is, is that is that more creativity for the producers, of course, but for the kids like at first when when James brought up this topic, I thought, of course, games, older games would because it would spark a kid's imagination. They're not being told everything. But I also didn't think about games like Minecraft, Sims, Roblox, like the creativity in that. And then also with these story-based games, sometimes you have to figure out something logically. So it might not necessarily be creative, but it's also helping them learn those basic skills of, you know, reading into things and looking a little bit deeper and stuff like that. So at first, my answer was probably the older games created more uh, or inspired more creativity. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, Crash, I, I want to jump to the chat. I want to jump to the chat real quick and, and give okay. some feedback because Crash says, uh, I think games back in the day allowed for more creativity because those were the only outlets kids kind of had. So they would take those ideas out into the world, whereas now there is too much sensory options. So I just want you to kind of, as we go along on this topic, have that in mind. So, Jordan, and, and I'm going to, going going to your point, James, um, cause it's, it's an older game. <clears throat> um, James, do you remember the game that really kind of blew everybody's mind as far as like being creative and having to build your own story? Did you remember the first iteration of mist? Mist, where you had to go through and problem solve the whole thing. Correct. That the, the, I would say though, the one drawback to mist in this, in maybe this argument is that mist was definitely geared towards an older crowd. Yeah. You know, it was, de- you know, it was PC only. So it was marketed out, you know, the average kid didn't have a PC they could play a game on. Well, there was still wasn't it. And it was still kind of goes back to the technology. Like uh, computers weren't exactly household items um, when that game came out. But the concept behind it was kind of an open world um, go around, solve problems, um, and might have you can make a good argument that that was the first like MMO. Um, it was just problem solving, not quest and um, you know treasure chests and you know XP and everything like that. It was more just linear problem solving. I mean, That's a good, uh, good point. Like he says, you know, who didn't pretend to be Mario, Link, Ninja Turtles? But I think we're talking about differences in creativity. That's why I at first I said the older games, right? But then when I got to thinking about it, um, you see these kids build like crazy stuff in Minecraft. Minecraft, like, like I Minecraft alone, I would say Minecraft alone, and now even Roblox, probably hands down. And Sims win it. <laughs> even Sims a little bit. They win it for the generation. I can see Crash's point. Crash is saying creativity when it relates to outside of the video game world. Uh, I would definitely say maybe the older games had that because but maybe that's to jay's point they had to take that creativity and expand on it outside of the game because they couldn't be creative in the game where a game like minecraft roblox sims you know you've got city builders uh coaster builders zoo builders all all kinds of different simulation games now where they can literally decide what they want to do no man's sky is a great example as well i know it bombed when it came out but at the end of the day 
if you just want to go around and explore planets or you want to sit on one planet in No Man's Sky and build these massive, like that's what you do in that game. And you could put three to four to 500 hours and not follow the story because you've decided that's the world you want to live in and that's the world you want to be creative. So I do think that games today allow you to be more creative in them versus out of them. But also for outside of them, think about um, artists. I mean, think about like kids who end up exploring more art because of things that they found in Minecraft, whether they're drawing that, whether they're creating cosplay. A lot of video games and stuff spark cosplay. Um, But beyond that, like game design. I know like a 14 year old who mods stuff for The Sims. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Like that is a kid getting inspired by game and looking into like game code and like reading amazing stuff for the sims because they're too lazy ea's too lazy to do it for their own for their own uh, players but well i think that you know if you want to the only argument you could make for the games in the 80s 90s early you know whatever um they did have a lot more randomized titles and a lot more randomized stories and the reason why because the threshold of entry was so much lower and I think that kind of goes back to my point of, um, you know, games today, you have to have hundreds of developers, um, you know, and, you know, we talk about it all the time because, you know, obviously we play a lot of Call of Duty. Oh, my God, these guys are terrible. They let this one little room in here have this one little glitch out of everything else. Jeez, the game is broken. I can't believe that they would push this out. And I go. Guys, like, let's put it in concept or let's put let's keep this in 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 perspective of how much of this is playable. This and you've got one little glitch where you could drive an ATV into a building and the, oh, my God, the whole game's broken um, because you have to have so many developers and the support and everything like that. Whereas before um, you could have a small team turn a game around very quickly because you're talking about what 360 megs of 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 data that was it like you couldn't get much more than that so the threshold of entry was lower so you could turn a lot more games out with all these randomized titles um to be able to get out but other than that man i think that the the games now um sims is a great one i mean even uh, uh i mean look at the stuff switch does look at labo for simulator. switch microsoft simulator you can fly a plane anywhere. You could fly a plane to the cargo ship that was stuck in the canal and go check it out because they were able to get in and update it, and like look at it and everything um, so much faster now, which I thought was the funniest thing ever, um, being able to go check out the cargo ship at the container. Yeah, Crash, I want to go back to Crash. He says one more thing. He says, I mean, you can say creativity in early gaming and gaming today are two sides of the same coin. They both are sparking a lot of creativity. They're being expressed in the options available. Yeah, and, you know, those games, really, you have to pay homage to them because those are the ones that got us Battlefront. Those are the ones that got us, you know, um, Madden, where you play virtually. I mean, literally, you could trace the lineage of Madden back to Tecmo Bowl, Back to the, um, I know there's a lot of uh, NFL quarterbacks now that are using VR headsets to be able to pre, uh, pre-snap pre read defenses now. And that all, you can make an argument, that all came from Tech Mobile very easily. 
because of the technology and the the uh, real world application. And, and you already mentioned it. Um, I know there's a lot of NBA players that actually do play NBA 2K um, for Scout, just so because the games have gotten so realistic now. That's true. That's very true. Uh, the chat has definitely been going off. I know someone was talking about how <laughs> games talking about games on their Commodore 64. I don't know. Jay, yes. Jay, you probably had a Commodore 64. I did. On their what? <laughs> Jordan. I'm going to pretend like you're not here. Let the old men talk in the room about the Commodore 64 <laughs> and the discs and then the DOS loading screen. And then all of the really mm -hmm. random games and stuff that you could play and your disc may or may not work. It was okay. So Jordan, back in the day, there used to be full size floppy disks that were like huge. Um, Wait, no, I mean, I... I know you've seen them in museums. I, I appreciate. No. <laughs> no. Like, okay. No, no, no. And it's okay because my son, I was showing him how to save a document for school and he goes, dad, what's that? And he was pointing to the save icon. And I go, I had to pull like up a an article Wikipedia and go, no, like a, what, a three and a half inch floppy. It wasn't even like the one I grew up on. Don't they look floppy. like CDs though? Am I tripping? Some of the, you're talking about the save box? icons. Some are, some look like CDs and some save icons look like the, the smaller disc. I'm Googling. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a three and a half inch floppy. And that's the little icon that like word uses. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Um, my, um, fuck why, my Rugrats was on a floppy disk. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now the generation before that was a, was a, was, it was what, uh, James, help me out. Was it a six inch? I don't, was it I just glanced inch? at chat and Crash says, imagine having to Google what a floppy disk is. Look, I knew what it was. I knew what it was, but I was, I was. Oh my goodness. Trying to remember what it looked like. I tell you what, I tell you what, I'm going to say. I think our first live together where we're all in the same place podcast, I actually live by the National Video Game Museum. No joke. I've been there a couple times. I've been there with uh, uh, Master of Shadows, who jumps into our chat quite a bit. Uh, I actually saw Mark Cerny, who you know is the architect of the PlayStation, uh, at the um, museum as well. But we should do a podcast from there, and then take Jordan on a tour of how wait, wait, video games were wait. created. That would be so cool. Before then. I want to do play a game and we might have to find somebody's um, like niece or nephew or like somebody younger. And we're going to put a table out and we're going to set out a bunch of old, like peripheral stuff, like the old school disc. And then like um, all of these other random things. And we're going to see what they think it's for and what they <laughs> think it was. And then we're going to go into the, into the museum and actually figure it out. Because I, my son had no idea what a floppy was. I think it he would be awesome. He didn't even know what a corded phone was. Like, so, like, you know, and that and that's brutal. Like, the other day I went like this to tell him to roll down the window. And he looks at me and goes. <laughs> and I go, put the window down. He goes, Dad, what's this? And I'm like, shut up. I'm having a rough day, dude. Get in the truck. Let's go. Like. <laughs> that's so funny. Wow. Uh, also on Facebook, Facebook, Jay, I do want to give a shout out. John Reserve says, 
Uh, I can't believe he didn't finish that code talking about your Contra code. He says the proper code was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select for two players. Yeah. Yep, select. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And John, he also, I think he's making fun of Jordan here. He says, these are the ghosts of Christmas past. Talking about all of our, (laughs) are these Commodores and these floppy disks. Uh, but I did. I do want to give a, a shout out to the chat because we are going to come back to a topic that they had they debated a little bit earlier as we jumped into this creativity. I think they thought we were going to go another way, and it was mainly uh, Crash and Jason were kind of back and forth. That their argument was games today take more skill than games of past. Now we don't have time to jump into that, but that's going to be our topic in two weeks. So if you're interested in that, I would love to have you guys come back. You're going to be able to find us right back here on this channel. And I do want to give a shout out before we leave tonight. A disclaimer, next week I'm actually going to be on vacation, like I said, in Turks and Caicos. So Jordan, Alexis Jordan 98 is going to be hosting this podcast with just her and Jay on her Twitch channel next week. It'll be the exact same time, 9 central time. We'll still upload it to all the podcast platforms that you can find Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any others that you can think of, all the podcast areas around the globe. And then it will be uploaded to YouTube, the video platform as well. So very excited. Don't forget, next week it will be on Jordan's Twitch channel. And before we say goodbye, I want to go around the room and and, uh, see if you guys have anything to say and where they can find you. Jay, we'll start with you. What's going on this weekend and, and where can people find you if they're interested? Buddy, I am way too busy to be found anywhere. So I am the low profile guy on this uh, on this team here. And uh, I barely respond to uh, Discord messages, apparently, is what I found out. Um, and when I do respond, apparently, I don't remember that I do. So, um, you know, uh, at US Bobbery, playing Call of Duty with James, that's about it. And, uh, you know, go Horseman, I'll be in the stadium tomorrow. So you guys got a and game tomorrow, right? Valorant eventually, right? Yes, I will use my gaming laptop that I have for something other than work and really uh, get after it a little bit. So, Jordan, I think you convinced me. We'll, we'll figure out some time in the next couple of weeks. I think in three weeks I have a bye week. So, so I, I just want to get this clear. Me. Jordan is convincing you to play a game that you don't want to <laughs> play with anyone else. But now that Jordan wants to play oh, with James, you, you're going to... James is upset because his friends are picking on him for him playing Apex with me. James, I learned it from watching you. Okay, so I follow your example. You it's okay, James is going to play with us friends. too. James is going to play with us too, it's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you want some laughs, <laughs> trying to use a mouse and keyboard. I tried to use that in Warzone for about 30 seconds. Then I spent the rest of the game this panicking on how to better. turn it back. This might make you better. <laughs> Yeah, better for the other team. <laughs> and uh, Jordan, where can they find you? Um, I did put my Twitch link in the chat. I don't know if you want to copy and paste that into Facebook. Um, just to let you guys know, not trying to self-promo too much, but I'm almost at 700 followers on Twitch. Um, my goal for the end of the year is 1,400. So we're almost at half before half the year. So super excited about that. Um, but like I said, I kind of taken a break, so I do apologize if you haven't seen me on lately. Um, but just cause I'm getting ready to pretty much be streaming like every day. So I'm super excited for what the future holds there. You can find me at Alexis Jordan 98 on Twitch. 
Um, it's Alexis Jordan 988, I think, on TikTok. Um, yeah, and then we are going to be picking uh, Jay's brain next week. So if you have any marketing questions or Twitch questions, please come and talk to us there. That'd be great. Don't forget, if you want to reach out to, to us on the show, you have any questions or topics you'd love us to, to discuss in the future, you can email at us at parentsversusgaming at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me. I am the Gaming Dad on any kind of social media platform that you can find, whether it's TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, any other thing you can think of. Also, don't forget, our company name now is Last Choice Network. Like I said, we are going to be pumping out a bunch of content. We've got a lot of help. A uh, big shout-out on our new logo that we launched last week on the podcast from Megan Brewer, who we will hopefully welcome to our show to introduce her to people soon, as she just got recently engaged while she's on vacation. So good for her if she's if she happens to tune in. And like I said, any subscriptions, if you follow us here, you subscribe on the YouTube channel, uh, which is Last Choice Network, all that stuff goes to helping this podcast grow, helping the channel grow, helping our website grow, and, and helping the three of us kind of take this to the next level. We would love any support you guys can give us, even if it's just a comment on Spotify or the Apple Podcast, any you know like or comment there would help tons. Uh, I will not be giving 20% off at AARP. I'm sorry, Crash. I know that's the old joke he wanted to throw in there. So I will go ahead and throw myself under the bus. But like I said, thanks again. This was episode nine of Parents vs. Gaming. We're just getting started. Thank you guys so much for coming out. And I hope everyone has a great evening. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.